Welcome on in to the two, three podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach live once again. Episode, I think it's like, uh, how many live streams have we done now? It's probably like uh, three or four. Yeah. Episode three or four of the live streams. We're going to call this one how to be a Cuse fan edition because it's just nonstop roller coaster ride. We knew what we signed up for when we wanted to become Cuse fans, Zach. And uh, even though we know what we signed up for, it still doesn't feel very good, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, we've experienced the, the, the highest of highs and what feels like the lowest of lows the last two weeks here. And it feels like it's been quite the journey we've been on. And, you know, we haven't posted a show here in two weeks and it feels like we haven't. So much has happened. Over the course of these two weeks, the ups and downs have been unreal, and it's just uh, it's just wild the the ride we're on right now. Yeah, my apologies on the uh, lack of uploads. I was sick all last week, but I'm better. I think maybe the team was sick against Georgia Tech. That's the only excuse that I have. But going from having however many players are on the roster, we had like kind of a nine eight man rotation going on. Losing one of those players, uh, he's no longer with the program anymore. Then we kind of had a little bit of a too-close-to-call win against Louisville. And then JG3 came back and completely demolished us. A little homecoming for him. And then the UNC win. And Zach, we were feeling pretty damn good. We were feeling like, you know, this was it. This team was on a trajectory that couldn't be stopped until the next game against Georgia Tech when they lost it all. So it's, it's been literally a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I don't even know where to start here. Obviously some of these things are old news quote unquote at this point, but just, we just kind of recap this, this journey we've all been on and kind of recap what's happened, how we're feeling. And I mean, depending on the day of the week, these last two weeks, you're either really, really upset or you're super, super happy. So we just kind of want to recap the arc that we've been on. And I guess we have to unfortunately scroll back to two weeks ago when Benny Williams was dismissed from the team. Yeah, this was something that um, definitely came as a shock to both of us. But looking back in hindsight, you kind of felt like something was brewing under the surface. You could see it with his body language. You could see it with the interaction that he had on the court and with the coaching staff, it still doesn't take away from the fact that this is a very talented athlete and a very, um, a kid with a ton of potential. And unfortunately he just wasn't able to unlock it with Syracuse. We could see it at times when there were moments, especially these past two years where we really saw that he could be something. We really saw that he could be very, very special with this program. And, uh, I, you know, you kind of figured, okay, well, maybe it's just a string of games that he's got to have a string of really good contests that he's a part of. But um, unfortunately, it just it it didn't work out. And we wish the best for Benny because he's a very special athlete and uh, he just has a ton of potential. It really hurts to see him away from the program. And even two weeks, even though it happened two weeks ago, it still feels like it's kind of fresh almost. Yeah, it really does feel fresh, and this is a guy we've 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 cheered for. We we've been 
hoping to kind of come out of this this funk he's been in and in his up and down circus career so it is very bittersweet to kind of see it come to an end here with him being dismissed and my initial reaction to that not to get too too into this since it is like a little bit old news at this point um but yeah i was just shocked i mean obviously you weren't like totally blindsided by based on everything that's been happening but i was like i was pretty devastated just because it just feels it felt a little surreal that like this this happened and it does happen you know in college basketball guys unfortunately have to be asked to to leave and unfortunately that's the case for Benny and like Kim said you know wish him the best hopefully you know he he moves on to something bigger and better and is able to uh thrive in what he wants to do with his life basketball yeah, and non-basketball exactly red didn't really give much when he talked about it talked about it a little bit with the media he talked about it in his presser right after um I forgot what game it was that that happened. Uh, was it the Louisville game that it Wake happened? Wake Forest, right after Wake Forest. Wake, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we missed a ton of games, man. <laughs> we really <laughs> did. I'm already losing track. But he he kind of alluded to a little bit that you know he didn't really want to talk about it, but he just kind of wished him the best, and it seemed like it was still pretty emotional for him and for the coaching staff and for the players. We saw the players come out in support of him almost immediately when when Cuse came out with it. Um, so clearly he was a, a, a kid that was well-loved with within his teammates, you know, within the coaching staff. They had faith in him. But like Zach said, unfortunately in college basketball, this, this happens. And, you know, it, it takes uh, a new a new environment to really unlock your potential. We saw that with Quincy Guerrier. I mean, he's really kind of come alive um, in, in greener pastures, uh, first with, with Oregon and then with Illinois. And, you know, a lot of guys, it just, it it takes a different scenery. And, um, I really hope that that's the case with Benny because, um, yeah, he, he really does deserve it and yeah, wish him, definitely wish him the best. It's all love to, to BW from the two, three really is. We have, we wish nothing for the best, no ill will or vibe or anything where Nothing but the best for, for our guy, Benny. And then after that, had the Louisville, like I said, the Louisville game that was a little bit too close to call. Uh, but really, what kind of what I want to like highlight here was we kind of knew that JG3 was going to come in and really set the tone. But, man, he really thrived in his homecoming against uh, against us. And it, it hurt. It really hurt to see JG3 in different clothes and – Again, that's another guy that like he I didn't know that he needed a different scenery, but he did. And he's absolutely thriving with Clemson right now. He really is. And I think it's it's important to note that he is 1000 percent a Syracuse guy. You know, he had, he was here for four years. He is a Syracuse guy through and through on his Twitter bio. It says Syracuse alum. He, he's proud to be. Syracuse alum, he's proud to have played for Syracuse. He's very proud to have played for Jim Beheim. Obviously, he is thriving in Clemson, and he is, I think he has found a new home in Clemson. You can just tell by the way he played against us in the dome, the way he, he's like, he, he's a, he's, he, he's like a leader. Like he's talking to guys yeah. in huddles. He's like really transformed into a huge, huge part of their team. And he really has found a home, and and he's he's thriving. He really is, and you know, as 
poetic and you know also i'm not even sure what the word is but for him to get 2000 points in the dome on the free throw line obviously it was great for him and, and great for his career it hurt a little bit because of the game situation for for our for Q's fans but very poetic that that he, he he made that happen in the dome now if clemson can go on to make the tourney which for all intents and purposes seems like they they probably are on track to do that do you think that jg3 could have the potential to go to the nba and sort of make your name there because as as you and i both know in order to get to the nba you don't necessarily have to just be a great player you have to be part of a great team that's getting some recognition and it seems like he's part of that with clemson yeah i mean as much as it's like kind of been a little unsure of where his draft stock is i do think him going to clemson going to a new program changing things up this last year and thriving is good for his draft stock or his pro potential, proving that he can join a new system, proving that he can play man-to-man defense, proving that he can be that guy on a different team. I think it's huge for his potential, like huge for his growth as a player and as an individual, you know, he's no longer close to home. He's had to, you know, learn some things he's talked about. And yeah, I think it's great for him. And, I'm still not sure exactly where his, you know, his peak is for for pro or after after college, but I definitely think he he he's grown since leaving Houston, and I'm just happy for him. Now look, we might be a little bit too positive here on the two three, but we like to show our love. I don't know why you would be a fan if you had any sort of ill will towards these players. I think with JG three, we kind of learned that. We we had some negative things to say about JG3. Defensively, he wasn't very good. We thought originally that, you know, his shooting wasn't very consistent. And at times it wasn't when he was in a Q's uniform. But it's so nice to be able to see a player that was once wearing, you know, the Q's uniform go out there and actually prove to the haters wrong. I remember when he originally transferred to Clemson, there were people a part of the, you know, Syracuse fan base that were wishing him ill will. And they were saying like, good luck Clemson. Like now, you know, the headache that we have. And it's so nice to be able to see him, you know, kind of thrive uh, for the Tigers and to say that he is solid in a man to man defense. He doesn't necessarily need to just play in a zone defense to say that he is a very consistent shooter. It's really nice to see that. And listen, we might be a little bit too positive here on the two, three, but like, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you want these players to, you know, really unlock their potential? And even if it's with a Q's uniform or not, it's still great to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're honest when we have to be, but generally keep it positive. Why not? That's kind of our motto here. So, you know, I think pretty much if you if you heard us before, I'm sure you you've realized by now we we're, we're pretty high on this team. We we believe they can do anything. And that panned true when uh, the boys took on the UNC Tar Heels, and uh, I hate to say it, but they yeah. they upset they they upset them for for all the haters out there. <laughs> they did, they did upset them for all the haters out there. And uh, listen, Judah Mintz and JJ Starling, I'm gonna keep saying it, are one of the best backcourts in the country. They really are. When they're they on, are for sure. When they're on, they are such a lethal combo. I would take them all day. Especially in the ACC, I mean, there are very few teams that have a better one-two duo than Judah Mintz 
and J.J. Starling. They had 25 points and 23 points for each of them uh, in this UNC game. It was so fun to see them really dismantle a, a very solid opponent. It was nice to see the fans storm the court. They haven't had the opportunity to do that in a while. Last time that we beat a top 10 team was number one Duke, and that was back in 2019. So these fans that are going to Q's or that have been watching for many years haven't had much to cheer for in that regard, and it was so fun to see that. And like you said at the beginning of the uh, live stream, this was one of the moments where we were like at the highest of highs, and we were we were really feeling it. We were really high on this team, man. And uh, yeah, it, at that moment, I was like, man, this team might do it. This team might make a good run. I mean, but, obviously, where we currently stand, that loss or that that huge victory is dampened a little bit. But we can't totally look past how great of a win, how big of a win that was for for Red for this team, especially for Red for Reds. You know, first yeah. first year for his legacy to have a win like that, a win of that caliber in the dome, is is very 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 great accomplishment for him. So I I don't want to like gloss over that. Obviously, if we would have talked to you directly after the the that win, we would have been like sky high, like yeah. see you in the final four. <laughs> Our attitude yeah. might have shifted a little bit since then. You know, obviously we do have to transition unfortunately to that Georgia Tech loss on Saturday which was just brutal one thing I want to touch on though about UNC is this I know it, you know numbers don't really matter at this point but I, this unreal that we shot 72% from the field that game yeah and it, it goes to show you that if you know this team from the get-go we were saying if this team can shoot well not many people can beat us that's the best thing that we can do. We have certified shooters on this team. We've got Chris Bell. We got JT. I know JT didn't have the greatest game in the world against UNC, but you know we've got people that if they're hot, they are hot, and you can't stop them. Um, JJ's proven that. Judah's proven that. And uh, when this team is shooting well, man, there's there's not many uh, people that are able to stop us. But when they aren't shooting well. That's kind of where we run into issues. So when it's going well, it's going well. And then against Georgia Tech, like we saw when we only shot 16% from three, it, it you know it kind of crumbles before us. So Yeah, I think that was like one of the biggest things about that game is we, we couldn't shoot the ball. Like you said, yeah. 16% from three. That that That's not going to do it on, on any night, really. You know, shooting like that from the three is, is not going to make you competitive any game no matter how you play on, on defense or offense. Another big stat out of that game is unfortunately what we've been struggling with the last few games. And I feel like historically the last few years has, has been the rebounding. And the rebounding margin for this game in particular was very, very bad. 49-28. That's just, that's just tough bad. to mutter. That's really bad. And this is why Jesse Edwards was so important. Uh, you know... I feel like I don't want to bring him up too much because obviously he's not a part of the program anymore. But aside from from Jesse Edwards, when was the last time that we were a solid rebounding team? When was the last time that we had a couple of solid rebounders that we could really count on? It's It's been a little bit. And, uh, you know, not for nothing, I think that Malik is, is fantastic. I think that he is 
again, really proven himself, but still we're missing, like, we've got Malik. Who else do we have? We don't really have much else there. You know, it's that's kind of the problem. That's been the problem all year is rebounding. Uh, you know, defensive re- rebounds have been an issue. Um, it's it's really when we've been kind of blown out this year. That's been the biggest issue that we've we've really run into. Yeah, it just feels like a domino effect. Like when we're getting rebounds, getting tough rebounds, yeah. other guys are crashing into the boards and getting rebounds as well. And then when we're struggling to get rebounds, the team just gets keeps on getting rebounds. It's just a domino effect on either side. You see, either we're, we're competitive or we're not. There's no real in-between. I guess UNC, we did lose just by a little bit. I guess that's really the only in-between game we've really had, which is yeah. interesting. But otherwise, yeah, it's really a domino effect where you're either going up or down. And uh, I think the biggest headline for me at least I, I know it wasn't really a headline but Q and Malik both fouling out was really strange especially Malik he's not really a guy that I think about you know fouling out too much he's been solid all year but I don't know like just the the attitude from this team felt really off in the Georgia Tech game and I know a lot of Media people have been kind of pointing that out. The body language all game was just really weird. It was very negative. When this team gets down, and we've seen this time and time again, the losses are usually pretty big. And when they get down, they have a really difficult time pulling themselves out of the hole. And I don't know whether that's a lack of leadership. I don't know whether that's on the coaching staff. I don't know who that would be on. But when they're down... It's a very slippery slope, and uh, there's not much stopping that. So I think that the fouls haven't necessarily been that much of an issue, but I feel like, Zach, that's something that you kind of have to highlight a little bit with this game. Yeah, I mean, when they're down, they're down, and you you know they're down because of their body language. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing is like it's so clear that they're very just upset. They're like it's just it's just un, it's just tough to see. And there there was times in that Georgia Tech game where where guys were you know visibly upset with each other. And like obviously sometimes yeah. the heat of the battle emotions happen. And you know some guys some guys can can take it. You know some guys can can jaw at each other a little bit and like hey that that's what basketball is all about. But it felt a little too far at times. It felt like it, it escalated above a point, which you don't really want to see in a game. And obviously they, they ultimately not, they didn't come back from that. And it kind of felt like they self-destructed a little bit, unfortunately, not like to a horrible degree, obviously like, you know, everyone kept playing unless they fouled yeah. out. But one thing though, we got to know with that last fall of Malik wasn't a great call. I know a lot of people on, on Twitter and everything were complaining about it. Don't want to get too into it too much, but do want to mention it just, just for all the people who also noticed that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think overall it was just, a, it was a really, it was a bad game. It was a very, very, very bad game. And uh, to go from, I don't think it would have been that bad had we not beaten UNC prior. I think if we lost to UNC and we lost to Georgia Tech, it would be not as much of a a Debbie Downer because we kind of went like this and then it went there, like very, very, very quickly. Um, yeah, I think without the UNC game, it would have just been another loss, 
scratch on the armor, whatever. Let's get ready for the next one. Uh, I, I feel like, I don't know, a question that has been coming to my mind when I read about the body language thing has been, do you think it's a, a, a lack of maturity with this team? Do you think it's just like this team's a little bit young? They don't really know what to do when they're down. Maybe that will come with time, but I worry that Zach, that might be like a, an immaturity sort of uh, coming out a little bit. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's any secret. Unfortunately that this team is pretty immature and they've, They've shown yeah. many signs of immaturity throughout this year. And my question, though, is at what point does... I mean, I think it's... You, you can argue this point as well, but like, at what point do you totally switch immaturity to just discipline? Obviously, they are, they are very similar, but immaturity kind of like gives a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. It's like, oh, they're young. Oh, like they're, they're learning, which is true. They're still young players. They're all sophomores. But, you know, it's towards the end of the year here you know they're almost you know two years under their belt here it's like at what point do you you say it's no longer immaturity it's just like just straight up lack of discipline well that's where the question is like you know red seems to be saying the right things and we're not in practice to see what he's actually doing but and i don't want to really call him out but like i think you've got a really good point at that point it kind of becomes a discipline thing and you say to yourself, well, maybe these players just really aren't that well disciplined. And then that becomes a coaching issue. And it seems like red has been seeing all the right things that he's been after the wake forest game. He was pissed. He was really, really pissed. And you know, it was, um, I, I thought that maybe it was going to turn a leaf there. Maybe this team was going to be, a little bit more disciplined and relaxed and listen, they're going to be down at points during this year, but I think you make a really good point where at some point you got to question like what's going on behind the scenes. You know what? I think I know that they didn't fly home after the Georgia tech loss. They they're going straight to prep for you or for uh, NC state. And they need that team bonding, man. I know that Red has has said that, you know, they're they're making this decision for team bonding. Maybe this is an instance where you just really need that. You need that co you know, um I'm slipping on the word, but they need to kind of come together and I, I feel like team bonding is something that this team really, really needs right now. Yeah, I really do think that would be beneficial to them. I, I just, I really do think we're we're lacking that guy with the poise on the court in these tough situations when frustrations are high to be like, "Yo, it's cool," or like you know, yeah. obviously you, you got to keep your guys accountable, and sometimes you got to you know tell a guy a hard truth like, "Yo, like what happened there?" But like rather than being frustrated about a blown play on defense, it's like, "Yo, what happened?" how do we fix this rather than like, yeah, yo, Chris, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's some, I think that's the piece that we're missing. Obviously I think red from the bench outside, you know, outside the the actual court is, it has been keeping these guys in line as, as much as he can. But you know, even he, he's admitted that this team has attitude, which is good and bad. And unfortunately that Georgia tech game, we, we kind of saw some of the bad, yeah, we do have uh, 
quite a bit of attitude. And I mean, when channeled, when when channeled right, that's that's good. That's a, definitely a good thing. But hasn't been good so far. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, when it's when it's channeled well, when it when it's swagger, when it's like when when yeah. things are going well again, like that domino thing I was saying. When 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 energy's good, when 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 they're playing well, it's they're just like this loving share sharing team that shares the ball that gets good shots that takes good shots that has good offense that plays hard on defense and then when they're not playing well when shots aren't falling they're not playing good defense it's like yin and yang the two different teams we, we, we kind of see based on what's what's happening i think a guy like q is kind of the perfect example of that when he's cooking he's got a swagger He's making good shots. He's electric. He is a kind of guy that will bring energy to an offense. When he's down, he's very quiet. He's very, very quiet. He just kind of does his thing, logs his, I'm not saying just logs his minutes, but he's not the same guy. And I feel like you got to bring that positive energy, even when you're down, especially when you're down, you got to dig your team out of the hole and kind of bring them back from the dead. But, um, you know, I worry that... This this young group, I, I worry that losing big after a while is a little bit detrimental to the to the mental energy of the team, man. It 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 really does stink sometimes when you're when you're down that bad. Yeah, no, it really does. And I guess I'm not sure what the solution is here. Obviously, you know, we, we mentioned the team bond and we mentioned the 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 road trip staying on the road, which I do think is a good move. I mean, I think logistically it makes sense too. Like they were just on the road Saturday, right? Why come back for a day just to come back the next day? Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I like the intention behind it of like, yeah, we need some, some, some team bonding. We need, we need some rest. Why, you know, waste time traveling when we can rest and, you know, hopefully come together a little bit as a team. Shout out to Renee. Uh, go orange. Turn this February craziness into March madness. I love that. That's the motto uh, moving forward here. I like that craziness. That is to the motto. Madness. I love. I love it. That uh, that kind of brings me into sort of the next thing I want to talk about, which is obviously the end goal at the end of the season is to go to March madness. What do we have to do to go to March madness? I feel like right now it's pretty obvious Zach that we need to make a very big run in the ACC tournament in order to get to the big dance obviously it'd be great to win out the rest of the season but there's a lot of low points with this season and the ACC has not been getting a ton of love so I feel like to overcome that we really have to make a big big run um and in a couple weeks here actually this is it's coming up soon yeah, unfortunately, we're at the point where we're a miracle run, a deep run in, in the tournament feels like our only way to punch a ticket at this point. After that UNC game, we're like, okay, like we, we, we could do something here. Obviously, so we'd have to make a really, really great run. But now we're in a position where, where miracle is, is kind of the, the, the word we're, 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 we're leading towards when we're talking about March Madness, which is unfortunate. You don't want to have, you want to talk about madness, not miracle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's been it's been that way for a couple of years now. Uh they don't ever make it easy. And when you look at this team as a whole, I still want to be really positive because I still feel like there are elements of this team that are 
NCAA tournament worthy. I think that when they're gelling well, that was a word that I was looking for earlier, by the way, it was gelling. Uh, when they're gelling well, they're shooting well. I think that they are absolutely a March Madness team. I think that they remind me of the teams that made deep runs, shockingly, to go to the Sweet 16, to go to the Final Four. They have that energy. But when they're down, and we've been talking about this, it's it's really rough. And that's when I start to question if this team can make it. And obviously now they're in a position where it's not looking too good. Uh, we've been kind of hovering around 500 basically the entire year for the ACC record. Uh, I feel like, do I think that this team is a March Madness worthy team? Right now as it stands, it's a little difficult to say yes, but there are elements of it that I want to be positive about and say, yeah, I think that with a big run and with a little bit of uh, luck and hope, we can we can still make it. We can we can still make it. Yeah, I feel like a big term, you know, analysts and when whenever they're talking about you know the top teams, they like to they like to think who can you trust? Like UNC lost, you know, Purdue just lost yesterday to Ohio State, I believe. Who can you yep. trust out of, out of out of these top dogs? And I think that's the same question we can ask about you know Syracuse right now. Can we trust them? Obviously, we believe. We, we you just mentioned yes. If they're playing well, you, they can they can rise to the top and, and beat teams like UNC. But also, when they don't play well, they can lose to a team like Georgia Tech or other teams we've lost to this year. So, can we trust them moving forward? That's the question, and that's ultimately the hardest question of them all. Right now, as it sits, ah, oh man, that's really tough. I kind of, I kind of want to say no. I don't really know if I can trust them right now, but they have an opportunity to completely prove that wrong. And if you want to talk about a good time to start growing and start getting mature, this is a perfect time to do that. The next contest is tomorrow night against NC State. NC State coming into this game is actually looking for a shot at the big dance. They have they've been kind of on the bubble of the bubble. Uh Wake Forest, I'm sure you'd agree with this, Zach, but I I've, I feel like Wake Forest is probably better than them. And uh they've been Wake Forest has been getting a little bit more attention than NC State has, but all things considered, they're looking for a shot at the big dance. Five of their last games have uh, been decided by six points or less. It's been very, very close. Last time we saw them, though, Zach, we were in the building, man. From the opening tip, it was it was kind of decided that Cuse was going to be winning that game. The energy was electric. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned last game they won and we were in the building. So does that mean we got to go on a road trip here? I mean... We should probably start leaving now. I'm pretty sure it takes like 12 hours to get to North Carolina. I mean, I don't know. We might This might be a business expense. Get the plane I, tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write it off for tax purposes as a business trip. But yeah, I, I think we might have to, man. The last game was one of the best that we've been a part of. One of the best that I've been a part of at the Dome. It was a really, really fun trip to go to. And uh, man, JJ was cooking that game he was going crazy the whole year he's been going crazy you know he really was and hopefully we can see that again I mean obviously 
the one, I mean, not the one, but one bright spot we can look at during this stretch here, during this road coaster ride is JJ Starling. He has been fantastic. He's been averaging, I'm not sure what he's been averaging in ACC play, but it's, he's putting up great numbers. He's found his stroke. He's playing with extreme confidence. He is exactly where you want him to be at this point in the season, especially the way he started compared to where he is now. He is fully coming to his own and He's been probably like our most consistent player in ACC play. And the minutes that he's been putting in have been 38, 40, 36 minutes a game. He's been, what did I say earlier? He's been in double digits ever since the pit game. And you've been, you've been seeing that he's been a leader out there. He's been fantastic. Um, he's been sort of the dark horse contender for possibly the, the best player of the team, the MVP of the team. I think you probably have to give that to Judah, but I think JJ is making a, a pretty good case for getting some equal attention as Judah is. And uh, I don't know if the scouts are really looking at him, but from what I've seen so far, he's he's definitely proving that he should be getting as much attention as Judah. Especially from a strictly role position at, yeah. at the two. He is playing unbelievably at the two. He is giving our team and contributing exactly what you'd want from his position. So. He's playing his role like really, really well, and he, he's really stepping up big time. So, yeah, next game is tomorrow night against NC State. There's a lot to work on. There's a lot to try to get this team on the right track. Um, I feel like it's going to start we, – we like to kind of highlight one player. We just kind of like to you know keep it simple. Obviously, it's not all that simple, but I feel like it's going to start with Malik. I want to see Malik get a big game. It's been a while since we've talked about him having a huge game. I feel like he's due for a double-double at this point. And I would love to see him um, shut really down, take control. Shut down Escalade again? <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, that was really funny. There was a fan next to us when we were at the NC State game that kept calling uh, uh, DJ Burns. Yep. Uh, kept calling him Escalade, and it was, that was so funny. But, uh, yeah, so... I would love to see him shut down Escalade and get a double-double. I feel like he's due for one. And, you know, it starts with him. It starts with getting that presence uh, with the boards. We we really need some rebound help, and I think that he's the guy to do it. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, Malik Brown, you can't go wrong, can't go wrong with, with Malik Brown, the, the way he plays the game. And just the little things, too. Obviously, like, maybe you sometimes look at the, the box score. You're like, oh, okay, like, Nothing crazy screams at you, but he does so many things outside the box score. Just what he does defensively every game. Those like, you know, he's this disruptor and he he messes guys' game up so much. And Malik Brown is, is uh, he's been a key to our success this season for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I want, it, we're in a, a moment of the season where you're like, okay, I just want to go to the ACC tournament. I, I just want to, you know, simulate the rest of the season, but there are some big games coming up. We got Jim Beheim night coming up on Saturday against Notre Dame and then senior night against Virginia tech. So we got some, we got some good ones coming up after that is Louisville. And then we're in Clemson to finish off the year. A little tough to uh, not finish off the year at home. We got to go all the way to, we got, we got two away games to um, sort of cap off the season, but I still feel like, you know, with what, five games left in the year we'd still finish the year uh 21 and 10 that's a pretty damn good record and listen 
as much as we've been, you know, this team has been a little bit of a headache here and there for a young group to finish with that kind of record, even where they're at right now at 16 and 10, that's, that's still really impressive. And I think that that needs to get a little bit more recognition than it is. Yeah. Just to add one more piece on that is that's a great point because the amount of adversity this team has been through all the injuries, you know, obviously with Benny and just everything that this team has been through to this point in a first year under coach red, unbelievable to be where we are now and hopefully we'll see where we end the season. But I, I do think all those things need to be taken into consideration and considering all those things like beating UNC to, you know, just, just last week it was, was unreal, you know? So hats off to the team, hats off to red and, don't don't you some of those details I feel like people gloss over and you just you just really can't that's very well said I think that we I think we should wrap on that Zach I think uh that is a a very good ending point for listen again roller coaster rides hopefully we finish the year on the you know up and up and up hopefully there's no drop at all I don't know roller coaster terminology I'm sorry but uh until we talk to you next time We'll hopefully see you, uh, you know, next next Monday, trying to get some uh, traction going on the YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you stay tuned to our Instagram um, at the two three podcast and our Twitter as well. But until we talk to you next time, we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching. Let's go, Cuse.